Hey everyone, welcome to the Friendly Podcast. I'm Kevin, I'm a manager and producer here at Friendly. Friendly is a design studio which started in England and now our team stretches across the world in six different countries. If you want to find out more about Friendly, you can check us out at friendly.studio. All right, it's an absolute pleasure to have Sarah Jones on the Friendly Podcast today. Sarah is one of our lead designers here at Friendly. And she's had a really super cool, well, I think it's super cool. She'll say, no, it's just average, but she's had a really super cool sort of like background in design history uh, leading to this point. So Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) And can I just say, we actually, our team, part of our team, actually, we all got to meet each other for the first time. Uh, about about a week ago in London, and it was awesome. Yeah, it was great. Lots of steak. Yeah, one of the things <laughs> I learned about you, Sarah, although I think you're an amazing designer, you're not so amazing at bowling. <laughs> yeah. Terrible, shocking, humiliating. Yes. All right, Sarah, could you tell us a little bit about your sort of like design background and how you got into this whole thing? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay, so oof, started a long time ago, probably age 20, I would say, um, with a games company with two friends. Uh, one was a more developer side, so he created this called Physics, um, all the kind of crazy development. And then I would do the design, and then the other guy was like in the business side of things. So it's this little kind of trifecta that we made. Um, So we started with Flash games, uploading them to Newgrounds, if anyone remembers. And then um, we did some cool games for things like Coca-Cola, a lot of racing games, which obviously the height of things like GTA and stuff like that was kind of interesting. And then moved on to iPhone when that launched, um, which was pretty cool. And we were all working these really intense days, though, from 7 a.m. to midnight, um, just kind of all three of us egging each other on. <laughs> um, and we weren't taking very good care of ourselves, to be honest. It was just a recipe for a giant burnout, basically, because we'd get like a big chunk of money and then we'd spend that big chunk of money and then it would be like constant stress to get the next job in or to get... Um, it just wasn't very productive in terms of creativity, but learning a lot. Um, So it was like this incredible experience working with great clients for the first time and then learning how design really resonated with me um, for a career, you know, figuring out what you actually want to do in life and just finding your thing and getting paid for it, which just felt really incredible. Um, The company obviously ended because it was just too much stress. (laughs) Like you can do that for a month or two, but then, you know, two years of that was just quite intense. and we were like, you know, living and working together and there was a lot going on there. Um, so I just ended up moving to Paris where I worked as both an illustrator and a nanny. So I was just getting illustrator jobs through a friend who worked for an agency over there. Um, and somehow that worked out even though the work wasn't necessarily guaranteed and it wasn't paid very well. <laughs> but it worked out, you know, somehow could pay the uh, rent every month. Um, But obviously there's not really, at the time, many kind of design jobs that I was finding. Um, So I found one in Berlin, so moved to Berlin. 
And then they kind of advertised this job as a games designer, but it was really uh, in a kind of online gambling for predominantly older people who love card games and spending all their money. So started there, um, had really bad imposter syndrome because coming from working like in a living room with two other people <laughs> that didn't know what they were doing and then kind of messing around in Paris to suddenly this company where everything had like, you know, a daily sprint. There were developers that like were super smart. There was product managers, stakeholders, people that really, um, you know, knew what they were doing. Was it tough learning how to kind of like deal with people on a professional level when you've just sort of like come out of university and you've kind of been doing it on your own mm. and then all of a sudden you're thrown into that sort of like that, that big pond. Uh, was that difficult? Yeah, so difficult. So difficult. Just the getting over the kind of shyness, like your voice wobbling, <laughs> kind of being asked to present something and having no idea what you're doing. But luckily... I could blame the language barrier, right? Because yes. um, there was some German, you know. Um, so kind of got away with that somehow. <laughs> Just forever feel lucky for that, I guess. But there was no big catastrophes, at least. Just a little bit of nerves and that yeah. imposter thing. How did you feel when you were working at a place that was primarily focused on gambling? Like what was going through your head? Within the company itself, the ethics were never really discussed. Uh, but then on a personal level, just realizing that you're designing tools that help perpetuate you know, those anticipation cycles that just hook addicts in, essentially. Um, kind of really just horrible realizations. Um, and then some of the more high-level senior staff could sometimes show these sides of themselves which weren't particularly principled. <laughs> So just a really strange time and um, place to work, I would say. But the learnings around working with large design teams like that, with animators, developers, and so on, was valuable, but certainly not a great feeling to recognize what you're contributing to. Yeah, it does sound like a great sort of learning experience overall. A lot of the people there, I think, were faking it as well. <laughs> so when you're kind of all learning from each other's mistakes in a kind of fast environment where, you know, from Monday to Friday, you're just kind of all getting on with it um, and working really quickly, that sort of helps. So as soon as there's a mistake, you just own up to it and move on. Um, so just kind of learning how a tech company worked um, went really Interesting. So we went from like the more game design side there, doing characters, maybe a nice background, to doing the UI design and just realizing how that was really what I wanted to focus on forever. Um, didn't really care that much about the kind of more illustration side when the product design side was so much more exciting and just doing little prototypes and spending time with the users and just realizing that's what I wanted to do. And then moved back to London and felt a little bit typecast in a way with, I guess, the online gambling. <laughs> so I went for quite a yeah. similar role um, with a company called Gameses, which is like an umbrella company that um, does work for Virgin, Virgin Games. Um, so suddenly I had to like take what I'd learned, but then improve also soft skills because like a huge part of design is convincing others or at least explaining your designs. You know, that's such a massive part. 
Um, and if you haven't really done that properly before, because obviously in Germany, it was just a bit kind of more relaxed on that side. I wasn't talking to clients particularly, whereas now suddenly I was like in a room with really important people, <laughs> stakeholders and a lot of money involved. So, um, and they kind of threw me in the deep end. I was on projects that were sports betting. So there was also huge knowledge gaps in terms of um, assumptions that I would maybe make that all oh, the users understand what this means, you know, whereas maybe they wouldn't. Um, so I had to do a lot of kind of research and integration there but luckily the design team there was enormous so again learning so much um and just yeah bridging between business strategy marketing and products and all the design animators everybody um just kind of bridging it and making sure that the products and projects are just kind of flowing in that really nice space where it's productive and nothing's kind of just going down a rabbit hole and getting lost um and working across this really giant business and solving these really complex sports betting problems um had some really good learnings then went to more of a startup which was interesting again because it's another fast-paced environment where you're just constantly um learning but obviously now without imposter syndrome kind of feel like a bit more comfortable uh with design decisions and talking to people about what why you've created what you've done um but in the startup it was a bit different because it was there was no giant design team to fall back on it was just one and then some juniors who you know you learn a lot from um I felt like I learned a lot from the juniors there in terms of their enthusiasm because obviously the more experienced designer you are you stick to these rigid patterns in your brain a little bit you know somebody says we need a sidebar you kind of know how you're going to design that sidebar based on the patterns that have worked in the past whereas a junior who hasn't got that can inject something really fresh um and their enthusiasm can be quite contagious sometimes just it's really good to keep the spirits up for a nice little design team so that startup was great but really financially unstable and a bit stressful so then <laughs> uh friendly is where i'm at and that's where i'm at now brings me to today Kevin. <laughs> Shit. Have I just been talking to myself? <laughs> Sarah, I am so sorry. My internet just completely cut out. So I'm really sorry to mess up the flow. But as I have messed up the flow, this is a great time for me to mention our sponsor. The sponsor of today's episode is .grid.co, providers of premium dotted notebooks, desk pads, and desk accessories. Use code Friendly Studio for 10% off everything in their store. So how was it that you started working at Friendly? And how is it different to, you know, your past experiences? What do you like about it? And how's your life changed since joining? Jack commented on um, an old design that I'd posted and asked if I'd be up for some freelance. And I replied and we had a really quick call and it just seemed to align really perfectly. <laughs> In terms of projects and interests at the time, the clients are really fantastic. Um, super varied products, and it's so great to be able to build these different kind of client relationships. So some where we integrate into the product team, and some where we just work directly with the founders. It's just so rewarding to make this impact within their products and add value where we can. Um, and also really enjoy working with the designers and people that I believe in. Uh, from all over the world with different skills and experiences just every week 
something new and different. Um, and it's opened up a whole new world and just shown me how, uh, I guess, a world where you can make money for something you love to do and you're not chained to an office and you don't have to kind of just setting your own hours. So the flexibility to do that. Yeah, awesome. I'm glad it really works for you, Sarah. That's really good. So for anybody who hasn't worked it out yet, Sarah is from England and English people are very shy in talking about their skills. So I know this is going to make you a little bit embarrassed, but I did want to ask, like, how did you develop your skills as a product designer? Your visual design and experience design are always like such a high standard. How do you approach design challenges and uncover the solutions? I guess as with every job, you get better at identifying patterns and then it becomes just intuitive after some time. Um, I'm trying to think at the beginning, I used to just face design problems by like endlessly scrolling websites like Dribble or Behance looking for that solution. Now just don't do that anymore. I just take a more strategic approach around design principles for the whole flow, covering the basics like hierarchy, how it all flows together, colors, balance, structures. Um, and yeah, I guess you just improve with time and get better at identifying patterns and extracting valuable insights from like the full composition rather than just, I like this, but I don't know why, you know. Awesome. Thanks, Sarah. And again, I know it's really hard for you. I know you don't like talking about yourself, but those are great answers. All right. I just have a couple more questions. So you've had so much experience and I wondered if you had any advice for people out there who want mm -hmm. to get in design. They're sort of right on the edge. They're thinking about doing it. Any advice for them on like, you know, obviously everybody's like route and journey is a bit different. But yeah, I just wondered if you had any advice. I guess pushing for aesthetic. So oftentimes with designers, they will create something and then the developer will take it away and make it look a bit wonky or a bit different. So if you push, push for the aesthetic that you want, that you want the product that you're building, that you live in as the designer of that product to look good, obviously. And then secondary, I would say soft skills. So talking to clients, talking to managers, your design rationale, all of that is just as important as the designs that you create, because if people are not on the same page as you, you just need to kind of keep pushing and pushing and developing that side of yourself as well. And don't be afraid or, you know, just take up that space and yeah, explain yourself. <laughs> yeah, sure. So like many people, um, you're juggling a lot in life. You know, you, you have a family. Mm. And I just, I always love to ask people any tips, you know, for how do you handle all that and how do you balance the work-life balance? Nice. So there's good practices just to keep a good baseline. So obviously discipline's boring, but things like getting a lot of sleep, eating your vegetables, <laughs> bit of meditation, just to kind of keep that baseline. If you feel like you're getting off track and maybe not. Um, sometimes I do this thing where something that would take me five minutes, like replying to an accountant or whatever, just a simple email, I'll just put it off. And then three days later, I still haven't done it. And it's just weighing on you in your head. Just kind of the discipline around making sure that all those little jobs get done when they appear and um, sleep, exercise, the usual stuff, having the freedom to live your life the way you want. and. That's it, really. Yeah, awesome. 
Sarah, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate you being on the Friendly Podcast. Thanks, Kevin. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Friendly Podcast. If you're enjoying our podcast, which we really hope that you are, please stay tuned because we've got lots more episodes to come in the future. Thanks, everyone.